In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution here with the 125th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. In this episode, we're going to take a peek around the NFC South, a little bit behind the scenes on the OTAs. We got some Matt Ryan and Dirk Cutter coming up for you. And uh, we're going to play some audio from Coach Dan Quinn wrapping up things at the uh, rookie minicamp a couple of weeks back. But here uh, is a good time to take a look around the division. The 90-man rosters are set. Uh, We did have one big move down in Tampa this week that, uh, you know, should tilt, you know, tilt the balance a little bit there in the, uh, in the trenches. But let's start with the Saints. And we're using the consolidated grades from the Pro Football um, Outsiders uh, analytics, the consolidated scores for the drafts that looked at 12 people's draft grades and uh, ranked the classes that way. Uh, Good news, the Falcons had the 30th um, best draft or worst draft, however you want to do that. Tampa Bay was 29th. Saints were 28th, and then Carolina was uh, in the top half of the league with 12. Uh, Marty Herney, the GM in Carolina. Looks like he got a couple edge rushers, maybe a backup quarterback, and maybe a tackle. Uh, But let's go to the Saints here. They had, like I said, the consolidated score, the fifth-lowest draft in the league. Didn't have their first-round pick. They, uh, you know, used that up last year. They got Eric McCoy. The center from Texas A&M in the second round. The fourth round, Chauncey Gardner, safety from Florida. The sixth round, Saquon Hampton, another safety from Rutgers. They've been trying to get that safety thing right for a while. I'm going all the way back to Vaccaro and Von Bell and everything, uh, you know, everybody. Seventh round pick, Elise Mack, Notre Dame tight end. And seventh-round pick out of Idaho, a linebacker, Caden Ellis. Caden Ellis, linebacker, Idaho. Those are the Saints draft picks. Now, their big free agency moves were to sign Nick Easton, Easton, the guard center from uh, Minnesota. Jared Cook, the tight end, you know, played at South Carolina from North Gwinnett High. Man, he was a Duncan uh, madman in high school. I had the pleasure of covering some of his tournament games. Uh, he used to jump out the gym. But uh, he's a tight end, getting up there in age a little bit, but still can get open in this league. He's got great hands. They signed Latavius Murray in a basic swap out with uh, Mark uh, Ingram, who went to Baltimore. So those are Saints major offseason moves and like I said that draft wasn't rated very high. Uh but um you know uh they they didn't really have to do much with their roster and they kind of mortgaged this draft for Davenport last year. Now Carolina 
Folks like this draft. Uh, Brian Burns, the edge rusher from Florida State. You know he uh, made a big push, and Greg Little will you know follow his career because he was one of the linemen that the Falcons jumped over to get to Caleb McGarry, and uh, one that uh, you know he wasn't going to be there if they stood pat. And this draft position, uh, you know, tells us that that was accurate. Third round, Will Greer, quarterback out of West Virginia, the old uh, Florida Gator. We ran into some problems down there and resurfaced up in the mountains there in West Virginia and Morgantown. And, um, you know, I saw some of his games last year. Uh, some people question the arm strength and the, the offense, but, uh, you know, he can throw it around. And uh, they'll have a better option if Cam Newton's not able to come back. Christian Miller, edge rusher from Alabama in the fourth round. Fifth round, Jordan Scarlett, a running back out of Florida. Sixth round, Dennis Daly, a tackle out of South Carolina. And then UGA wide receiver Terry Godwin uh, in the seventh round. We got to see him play a lot, too, here in college. Uh, He'll have a shot to make that team. They've been trying to find receivers for years. Tampa Bay, they had the fourth floors draft in in the consolidated report card, uh, 29th overall. But, you know, big news there. They let Gerald McCoy go, long-time Tampa Bay Buck, good guy in the community, started working as soon as he got signed. And, uh, you know, he's going to resurface somewhere here in the next few days. But Nakamakan Sue. The big tackle from the Rams last year came into the league with Detroit. Stepped on Matt Ryan's foot a few games back, a few years back, and just a nasty, nasty, mean look game up in Detroit. The Falcons ended up pulling it out. He stomped on Ryan's foot. They blew out Ovi Mahaley's knee. Uh, it was uh, you know, the Falcons were hot after that one. Todd McClure, uh, the calm general, the old center there, he uh, went off. But well, anyway, he's back. He's in the division, and the Falcons revamp line is going to have to deal with him twice. Uh, he might be playing by the time the, the Falcons uh, play Tampa Bay late in the season because, you know, the Rams didn't want him back because he didn't play hard until the playoffs. So, uh, you know, that uh, you know once he got that money in Miami, he hasn't really done a whole lot. But he's still a load, and, hey, I wouldn't want to block him. And now the Falcons revamp line will have to see them twice a year. So Tampa Bay's draft, uh, another big free agent signing for them before I move into the draft. I'm going reverse order on them. I did draft free agency for the other two teams, but because that one's so new, we went free agency draft. Deion Buchanan's coming over from Arizona, safety linebacker, hybrid type who played for Todd Bowles in Arizona, and uh, he'll help the new guys learn the defense down there in Tampa Bay. Got to remember they got a new coach, Bruce Arians. Coach Arians will be trying to duplicate, uh, you know, his Pittsburgh offense, his Arizona offense where they're taking shots down the field and they're trying to just run past your defense. Uh, They'll have to do that off of some kind of running game, but – uh, you know, there are going to be some balls in the air in Florida this year. No question about it. Another draft, Devin White, the linebacker from LSU, went fifth overall. Sean Bunting, cornerback, 
Second round pick out of Central Michigan. Jamal Dean, a cornerback out of Auburn in the third round. Mike Edwards, they're gonna they're stacking this cornerback position. Cornerback out of Hawaii, uh, they already had a bump in with Hargraves down there. Uh, told him he had to get his mind together. He said he was hurt, so you know uh, uh, we'll keep an eye on that. He was a former high pick, so they're just like, hey, we're gonna keep drafting corners till we find somebody that can cover, and that's what they're doing down in Tampa Bay. Fourth round, Anthony Nelson, defensive end, Iowa. Uh, they took another kicker, Mark Gay, a kicker in the, from Utah in the fifth round. In the uh, sixth round, Scott Miller, wide receiver from Bowling Green. And then uh, in the seventh round, Terry Beckner, a defensive tackle from Missouri. And we've seen him play here in the SEC. So that's uh, our quick peek around the NFC South. We like to you know, keep you all abreast of what the uh, teams in the division are doing. Uh, still, even given all these moves, uh, the folk, most folks are, we see have the Saints as a favorite, followed by the Falcons, and then Carolina and Tampa Bay. Carolina's a little murky because you don't know about Cam Newton's shoulder and how he's going to come back, or if that's going to be Will Greer in there. Um, for the Panthers while Cam is getting his uh, shoulder together. But OTA started this week. Julio Jones and Grady Jarrett were not there. Uh, No real surprises. And, uh, you know, quite frankly, given the injuries around the league, uh, makes perfect sense for, to me. Julio doesn't need the wear and tear. But we will have access on the 23rd, the 30th, and the 6th. We'll be, um, you know, uh, I'm going to try to get the Vic Beasley and Coach Quinn here this week, and we'll worry about the the uh, other ones later. I want to get to Freeman and, uh, you know, him trying to come back after two down seasons, injury-riddled seasons. And we'll come up with some other story ideas along the way. So we got the 30th, the 23rd, 30th, and the 6th mandatory minicamp, 11th through the 13th. The team's expecting 100% attendance for that. That's the one you can get fined for missing. And then on Sunday, you know, we'll have a treat for you on AJC.com. Good pal Steve Hummer will be coming out to help, and he's going to do a story on the, the relationship between offensive coordinator Dirk Cutter and quarterback Matt Ryan. That reunion that the Falcons are hope will push them over the top and take them to a Super Bowl title. They certainly came close together back in 2012 when – Ooh, there was a pass interference call on that play where Roddy got knocked off his route by Navarro Bauman that didn't get called. Now, under the new rule, that would get called. The Falcons would have went to the Super Bowl against the Baltimore Ravens and the mighty Matt Ryan, Joe Flacco Super Bowl that never happened. So, uh, you know, we'll we'll get to that on Sunday. I know Hummer's going to do a great job. He's awesome. And then, um, you know, just to wrap up here, the 125th episode, we're going to get you some Coach Quinn. It's about five minutes and 48 seconds, but the last two I don't think we really need. So I'm going to give you four here of Coach Dan. Uh, he was wrapping up things for us at the rookie mini camp. He talks about a trip to Boston, Columbus, and Akron, Ohio, which led to the drafting of Chris Lindstrom. 
Sheffield, Kendall Sheffield, and then uh, John Kaminsky, uh, who was from nearby Barberton, Ohio. Here's Coach Dan Quinn. Back and went out to Columbus on a, you know, weekend uh, morning and to go see him. And uh, when I left that visit with Thomas, it was more like, okay, how do we get him on the team? You know? So uh, those are good visits. In fact, the same weekend, met him on the same day, we saw him and Kaminsky on the same weekend. So that turned out to be a pretty fruitful trip on a rainy Sunday in Ohio. <laughs> so uh, it was a good, good weekend for us. In fact, the same weekend on that Saturday, we were at Boston College. So I would say, uh, I don't know what weekend that was, but we should make sure we circle that one on the calendar for next year. What did you see from Kadri leading up to OTAs? We wanted to see uh, two things. One, uh, you didn't see him catch a lot, you know, coming out. So we wanted to see him feature that. We knew he had really good running skills. That was pretty evident. And then what roles could he have on special teams? I'd, uh, the more you're around him, the more impressed you are with him. He's got a maturity about him, a confidence about him. And I would say there was, of the people I've spoken about, um, in fact, talking last night to who jumped out, he was one of the players, you know, that I spoke about. For as big as he is, I thought he had really good feet. This offense hasn't had a back like that. You've had Tevin, you've had Devontae. Is, is there a place for a back, a bruising back like that on the system? There is, and, uh, you know, we're going to make sure we stay connected to our run game. And so that balance is so important to us, and he will have a big, you know, impact on that as well. Uh, very good competitive group. We had an Edo last year. We can't wait to get free back. He's having such an awesome offseason. His energy, his juice, like him being around the team, you feel what he brings. And uh, so it's been awesome having him part of the offseason program again. So, uh uh, when you get to see the team uh, out here this spring, uh, you know, I think you'll feel some energy at running back. Certainly with Free leading the way, and I'm anxious for two to spend some time with him, too. What would his catch, uh, catch his catching ability do for the team if he's able to make that run? I think it's more like uh, you can count on that on all downs. And uh, it's a big part of what we do. If you catch it out of the backfield, that's one thing. But can you feature the player out, spread out, and be in breaking routes? So not just a screen as a catch, but one that you can feature as a you know receiver out of the backfield. Of the four undrafted linebackers that you signed, um, has any of them stood out in those past two days? You know, at the linebacker spot early on, we were looking really to speed and communication. So um, I would say there wasn't one that jumped out you know more than another so far. It'd be a tough group to crack uh, based on the speed, but uh, if there was somebody I would put my trust in for one position in the whole world, it would be Jeff Holbrook. Uh, like he's the best linebacker coach on the planet, and uh, I believe that with all my heart. So if it's to get out of somebody, he'll get it out of him. <laughs> Well, I talked to them. I wanted first to make sure that the tryout players knew the gratitude we had for them. Uh, sometimes you want to have that moment, that opportunity to prove what you can do. I reminded them that over the next month, uh, through OTAs, around the league, it's fluid. And uh, by coming here and representing themselves like they did, you know, people call around and ask, hey, how did this player perform? And so I wanted them to know by putting their best foot forward, if it wasn't going to be here, I'd, you know, certainly try to help them as it went elsewhere. For the next group of guys that are staying, uh, the next process begins. And that will start here again in another hour. We'll get back into the classroom. And how do we now go from being 
on their own team for three or four months back onto a team and the roles that they can have. And uh, it's going to be really challenging. Uh, it's not just going to be about their skill set. It's going to take way more than that to make this team. It's going to be all the other intangibles that they bring to the club as well. So uh, it's an awesome part of you know time of the year that I love helping those guys develop. Sometimes they're not even sure of the vision they have for themselves yet. <laughs> Off topic today, you've addressed, <clears throat> pardon me, Devontae, but it's also you've got Keanu and Ricardo and how their offseason is going. So Kiki and uh, Rico both are uh, really pushing it, you know, from, uh, you know, rehab, competitive side, like big shocker, right? The two of them who are most competitive guys, but um, they're really determined, detailed, and they're off to um, excellent starts uh, with, with their process. And for training camp? That would be the goal for them to be, you know, fully functioning by then. And uh, if they're, you know, continue to hit the markers that they are, I think that'd be more than realistic. That was Coach Dan Quinn wrapping up things and uh, cut him off there when he was giving us a uh, update on Devontae Freeman or him saying that he fully expects him to be ready to go uh, at the start of training camp. So he says he's a full go for the start of training camp. So with that, we're going to close here the 125th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. You all take care and look for our coverage here over the next few days of the OTAs, the access, the NFL, make a mandatory access for the offseason so we can give you some updates on some of the players and some of the team issues. With that, take care and have a great weekend. AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop.